0: Growing and scaling a business is complex. It can be very scary and lonely trying to navigate it all. It comes down to the community of trusted people you surround yourself with. Let's dive in to the Business as People podcast. Hey, John, welcome back. Uh, You are John Bong, the CEO of Local SEO Search. We had you on an episode before, and I'm excited to have you back on today to talk about how you kind of really build that remote culture, especially you know we're seeing this hybrid model and and a lot of HR directors are trying to figure out like, how do I continue to build that culture and camaraderie with a team that's remote.
1: I'm excited to be here. Thanks a lot for having me back. Hum. And hopefully I can add some additional content value to your audience members, because this is something a lot of business owners are quickly uncovering and discovering that it's a challenge for a lot of new entrepreneurs and business owners that haven't, you know, understood how remote work has operated. And with my expertise and experience, I've set up this shop, this business, wholly remote. And I used to work remotely for five years prior. So I had some experience before I started this
0: company. So did you always have a remote team from the get-go? What was the model that you had starting your, your agency?
1: Yeah, so at the beginning, it was completely remote and it has always been remote and what I wanted the most out of it was because I understood time as the most sacred piece of valuable asset humans can have right and if I can save time on the commute or save some time that they can spend more time with their family or whatever people value the most because for myself it was time commitment to spend doing things I love not Wasting it, right? So if I were to travel 30 minutes or an hour each way, I felt that could have been used a more optimal way by just doing things more efficiently at home or setting shop at home so that I can operate and be on the same kind of mental state right away without planning the commute as well as the planning phase of getting dressed, going for a shower, eating breakfast, all that beforehand because that's probably an hour before you even leave so all that comes into play when you're trying to set everything up remotely
0: i mean there's a lot of pros and cons i think we definitely want to unpack here for people that are listening to kind of like find out what's the best fit for them because i mean there's definitely value in being in person and values in being remote and i think those who choose to do a blend model is great because you can you get the best of both worlds but I, myself, my agency has always been remote, but we definitely get together in person for client meetings. If we had to do a deep strategy session, we'll get together. We did have an office for several months you know, that we were building out. It was a pretty large space, but no one really came and we didn't really even need the office. People were still being productive. We were getting new clients. Clients, we met At their location, they didn't have to come to our location. So I spent all this money for a lease and didn't really need it. But I'm definitely, you know, to be perfectly honest, John, I am looking at maybe a smaller space because I do value like getting together and having a space that you can call home. But we're seeing tons of these co-sharing space and these virtual spaces that you can use ad hoc popping all over big metros, but even in towns too, because they're seeing that there's a need for businesses that are established that might be traveling, or even these startups that are looking for space that can get out of their house. So there's a lot of options out there where you might not need to do brick and mortar, but it really has to come down to the model that you're trying to establish, the culture that you're trying to establish, which, you know, there's no right or wrong here, but we just want to share with you guys the experience that John and I have and what we're hearing out in the marketplace.
1: Yeah. With digital agencies, like you mentioned, right? If you're in a metro center and you're getting a lot of traffic, from walkthrough signage, you know, a lot of foot traffic, then yes, it may make sense to invest in a physical office because it may bring you some additional prospects, leads and visibility, brand awareness. But when you're now remote, you have to invest your dollars elsewhere. And for me, I've always invested in the people and by making sure that they feel like home and they feel like they are being supported They are valued and they are equipped with all the tech stack as well as knowledge, experience, as well as research and best practice so that they can do their job optimally. And that's what I feel is probably more important than the space itself. If you're looking at the investment, you want to invest in your people and the culture, right, to ensure that they're fully supported and they enjoy what they're doing so that they will stay for the longevity of your agency or business.
0: And I've gotten that feedback from, you know, we have project managers who have kids and they have to go get their kids, you know, by, by two, two thirty. 30, I have four kids myself. So like, you never know how your day goes, you know, you can get a call because they're sick I mean, having that flexibility, right. Where you're not in the office, you can just go from your home and then also be able to do your work at different times of the day so that you can really ebb and flow of what you need to do in your personal life. But it really comes down to results and getting things done. And I made that very clear with my team is like, I give you guys the flexibility to do what you need to do because we understand things come up with family members, but just make sure that you still support your clients and you get the work done and it doesn't hold up anyone else in the team. And that's just an expectation that I have and the flexibility that I want to give to folks because I know that my day runs into that too. To your point, you're investing in your people, right? And if they feel safe, they feel like they're supported, they feel like they're being appreciated. I think the rest of it kind of just comes into fruition where the productivity and the performance of the work organically happens.
1: And I think for you, you just mentioned perspective of you having a family, you get what people have to endure. And therefore you value people in a different light You know, because if you think about someone that's single or, you know, they're in their early 20s, early 30s, without family, without that huge burden of elder parents or people that they have to support. And you know how frequent that may happen, right? When they are fully ingrained in their business and they don't know anything else, they expect everyone else to be in the same situation as them. So when you now sit back and have a family, have others things that you understand, you're going to be thrown at different life events and situations. And therefore you value people's time and commitment when they are investing in your organization. And when they do that and they feel comfortable and supported and, you know, you're grateful for the opportunity and they love what they see and the potential of growth, then, you know, you have something there that will endure many many years right because if you hire right and you get people in the right spots and they feel valued they're going to be the biggest advocates for your clients as well as your brand so if you are really treating your people well and that's one thing I always tell my, my team right whenever a client says anything bad to a staff I can replace the client but I would rather keep my staff because I know what commitment they have to the brand and to me and everyone else that supports this vision.
0: Yeah. People remember those moments. And I remember working in corporate America when my manager was able to empathize and sympathize and give me support because I was afraid like, oh, I got to leave work. I got to go do this now. Like something came up you know, with my mom that I had to help out with. And knowing that you have a manager or a company that can support you, you just feel welcomed. You just feel like, you know, there's some loyalty there, right? Versus when you just feel like, oh, you got to do work and you're separating it. It's tough because you come back with appreciation. You work harder because you know that they were able to support what was important for you. And I shared that experience with a lot of people. And I was able to recruit people to come work here because, hey, the culture is really great. The management team is awesome. It's our responsibility as leaders, John, right, to kind of make sure that we're letting our people know that if there are certain things that are okay, and then you also have to be very specific what's not okay, because you yeah, don't want course. things to be taken advantage of. And you mentioned earlier, folks who, who might not have kids. I have also people that are single. And I say, look, guys, there are days in the summer, you probably just want to go to the beach, or you have dogs, you want to go walk your dog for two days, you want to go play with your dog in a park, go do it. Take that time, go do it. But if you decide to do that, let us know communicate to the team that you got to be maybe at the beach for three hours, but you still need to be accessible. We use Slack for everything. So yep. during work hours, you got to be accessible to communicate just so things don't get lost in the cracks. But of course, if you're not in front of your computer, let us know that. So it's all about communicating and setting expectations, but they go and they, they get that creative boost because they come back refreshed. They're in a better mindset and then they work at night. You know, at the end of the day is that everything gets done on time. That's all I care about. And then what that really means is the clients are happy.
1: Yeah, accountability. And Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned something about storytelling, which is so pivotal because when your staff feel supported, they're going to tell others about situations that they felt very welcome and warm, where, you know, you went above and beyond to take care of their needs. And when you do that, they feel so reassured that the agency, the company or the, the business Is trying to help them no matter what the situation was they get it they understand and they don't value the business you know yeah there's metrics there's goals but in reality life happens situations happen and we are human and we need to understand that things happen in real life and when you're older when you're like 50 60 70 years old what are things that you're gonna remember the most out of? Probably stories, experiences, but not when you win and lose clients or when someone argues and you know cancels on you, right? It's those moments when they actually went above and beyond to help you get through certain situations. So when you do certain, these little micro moments of gratitude and you pay it forward to your employees and your staff, They will remember it for the rest of their lives, which is way more important than, you know, some situation that you didn't send an email in a timely manner.
0: Yeah. You know, as you say that, John, you're right. When I think back about the moments that I remember in my career are typically moments that are tied to me in some type of personal way. There was some type of personal thing that was happening and then how my manager reacted to that is those moments that I remember good or bad. So I think you really nailed something there. And what you do very well too, I remember you and I were chatting about this before we talked about this topic was you do these like really open forum, ask me anything type of meetings. Can you walk me through like what that is and how to do it? Yeah. So So as you know, the, the
1: pandemic has really hit home for a lot of businesses because I was fully remote. Actually, most of my team members were socially getting together once a month. Prior to this, and every quarter, every semi-annual, everyone would get together on a corporate level to do some team build activities or whatnot. For me, that kind of went away during this pandemic. So we then focused more heavily on digital aspects to really bring everyone inclusive, right? And In collaboration and team build. So a couple of things that we incorporate was workshops monthly. To educate and inform more on not just business topics and processes, systems, and new tools and software, et cetera, but more personal agendas like goal setting, habits, you know, whatever it may be personal in terms of financial or experience, whatever it may be, so that it was more open to all the staff and that we would have a survey on which one people wanted to talk about and we would go deeper on that specific topic. Then it was more about, okay, certain m- months I would be open to everyone. Because as a founder and owner, you go through a lot of different experiences. You're very decisive. You go through a lot more challenges than a potential employee of yours. And therefore, you have a little bit more experience and your perspective is swayed, and they value your perspective because. They really put you higher up than they are, right? Because they aspire to be like you. So when it becomes to ask me anything moments, you know, every couple months with my team, it was really about trying to give value to my employees because everyone has different moments in their lives they have children, death happens, family obligations, or they're buying their first home, or they're experiencing something traumatic, or for them, it's a huge life event. And you've probably gone through it. So you can bring that perspective into the table. And not only are you giving them insight based on what happened in your life and how you overcame the situation, but then you open it up to other people in the to hire company that are different stages and walks of lives that they will share their stories and experience. So it brings everyone closer by in making sure that this is fun, right? Like people look forward to these monthly calls because it gives everyone a chance to share their vulnerabilities, share their openness, where we're all in it together. And we fully support each other's on whatever journey and whatever their goals and vision is. I want to make sure that I'm adding value in people's lives every single day who are invested in the same goals and vision that we have built as an agency.
0: I'm hearing you just talk about this, which is amazing. And I think a lot of people could be thinking like, I don't know if I can get my culture to that or my people, or maybe I think some people are going to be like, heck no, I'm not going to join this thing. I'd rather be home. Like, why am I going to ask, you know, my owner about how to buy a home and things like that. So did you have these like, potential doubts when you thought about doing this or like, how was it the first couple of times?
1: Yeah. So what has happened is I've built a really solid team. So I've been running this agency for nine years and every year we go on these big trips. We bring everyone together and we go away. Right. And so then it's like a week long, more personal, not just adventure. And maybe one day is a full on you know, year end goal meeting and workshop, but the rest of the time is social. So I've already built that relationship to a level where they're feeling comfortable that I'm not just the owner and founder CEO, but I'm actually like a real human that, you know, just, they can actually ask me a lot of things personally or not. And whenever they're comfortable. So you have to break that mode of, you know, yes, in the hierarchy, you are the founder CEO, versus someone that they can trust and you're not going to share that information and intel to anyone else because it's time in people want to know that you're fully supported them, not just at one time, but throughout many experiences throughout their lifetime. So if you've worked with me for five, six, seven years, they're much more engaged and willing to ask me anything, but those new people that are there for three months, six months, one year, They are still very timid, shy, reserved because they're not familiar with who I am and everyone else on the team is. So it takes time and time solves a lot of the problems internally, but it's also life experience as well, because as you know, the longer you're in it, you're going to have different perspectives, different situations, and you react differently because of your experience based on what you've learned habitually, right? So it just takes time. So that's why I had to share it, calm.
0: Yeah. So what I'm hearing, it sounds like, you know, you already started building rapport and connections from socially in work settings, but really focusing on social and, and connectivity to build that trust and camaraderie. So when you had these anytime monthly workshops, it was easier for people to be open and vulnerable. For folks who don't have the opportunity, John, to like do these annual trips so get together with their team what are other ideas and things that worked for you in like micro ways, like more smaller scale yeah. so that they can build that type of trust and connectivity
1: so what we've also built is people have different interests within our company right some people like online gaming some people like books they like podcasts they like you know whatever it could be sporting or whatever it is um online chess or checkers So we've built these social outings for certain people that have different interests. And therefore they are actually learning from each other and having fun on a different level. And they're meeting new people all the time, right? Very similar like how online has a lot of communities, right? people are gravitated toward like-minded individuals with similar interests. Let it be in the community, at church, at sporting, hobbies, activities, whatever it is. So if you can build that culture within where people have different interests and they're at similar stages in their lives and they can resonate with you, right? Like they have children. So you build a a club that they can talk openly about what's going on and how they can support each other. This is my challenge situation. So that's what I've done as well, so that everyone feels like they're much more engaged and connected with new people in the team. And, you know, yes, sometimes I drop in because I feel like I I need to be present sometimes, but it's all about like just having fun too. People want to enjoy where they're working. And the more of an environment that you build in terms of, you know, this whole structure and the culture then they're going to wake up excited to produce the best optimal results for you because it's the same kind of vision that you've built
0: together. You're spot on there. Again, my team always been remote. and We have guys and, and gals across the country. So we created these different channels in Slack where we had like the babies channel. And it really started at first for folks who had kids. But then we also knew that people had other passions. Like some people were gardeners. They didn't have kids. Some people just had pets like cats. So yeah. then we just opened it up to say, Hey, if you have something that your passion, your pets are your babies or your cat is your baby, like post it. And it was a great way for us to see people on the human side and what they do. And you know, it, it built that remote camaraderie. And then we had another channel. And I think most people are foodies one way or another. Foodies, yes. So, cause normally in an office setting, you might bump into someone. Hey, let's go grab lunch. Where do you want to go? Oh, let's get like Mexican today. Let's get whatever. And you start to know who likes certain foods, right? Like Mexican, you know, Asian. And then it's also curious, like, what do you typically eat? You know, sometimes people yeah. pick certain foods and it just, it opens up the discussion what you had for lunch. So what we did was we asked people to take pictures and post, what do you have for lunch? And then it, it was kind of neat to see certain people like have really like sophisticated lunches. And like, they took the time to make this and other people, whatever, they have lunch that you expect, right? But it was just, you get to know people in a different level. So to your point, create these different channels. And we had this workout channel too. So we had someone that would run like yoga in the morning. And if you wanted to join, you join a couple of team members. People gave advice and just kind of like inspiration and motivation. Hey guys, let's get up. Let's, get, let's drink some water. So it was just another channel where there's some camaraderie there. That's what has been working for us.
1: And one of the things we actually did a couple of years ago was like some weight loss challenge or trying to be more healthy because everyone's always looking after their weight, right? Like New Year's resolution, go to exercise, (laughs) eat better, healthier. So it's like a month or 30, 60 days of like who loses the most weight, but also like, what are you eating? What are some of the diets that you're a part of and pros and cons to it all? So it's more like the, the brain share of it all, right? Collaborate and let people in on what paleo keto carnivorism has really helped you learn and, you know, see if it, Impacts you. And they'll probably probe a little bit more if they have any specific questions, but it it opens things up, opens the door up to allow other people to be a little bit more themselves vulnerable. Right. And that's the realness of what you're trying to build here in your company or my company, because that's what it's all about. People will remember that you actually care about things outside of work.
0: Yeah. I I just started getting back to fitness again, because I know it's something just important to do. It uncovered, you know, when I talk to people about it, even like I'm talking about, like, hey, I'm looking to get more plant based diet that has yeah. like healthy protein. And also, people like dropping like ideas. I'm like, wow, I didn't know you were into that too. And so, yeah. it just opens up a whole nother avenue where you connect with your team members at a different level. So, I think just putting it out there. I mean, for those that are listening, I might be like, I don't know, I can never do this. You have an option. You can keep doing what you're doing, which is probably not working. Or you can do nothing, which is not going to improve the situation. Or you can try something. Just try it. If, if it works, great. Like we have certain channels that we created that didn't work. That's fine. But I think it shows to your team members that you're trying to provide options and interests to just bring value to the culture, right? That's not work-related. Because we're all human beings at the end of the day. You know, where like you, you go, you might bump into these people at the soccer field. You might bump in, into them, you know at an event or at a theater one day when we get back to get into theaters, right? So I think it's just nice to just really understand people for who they are, because that actually might give you a better lens and how to maybe even motivate them in the work environment based on their interests. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And like you just mentioned, movie could be a good topic. Travel could be a nice one because these bigger pillars, right? Like people go through life, Events like they look forward to travel, they look forward to buying their first home, getting married, having children, all these are life moments that probably people can connect with, right? Unless you're very early stages in your life, right? Like paying off debt, like student loans or something. But all these people probably have something to add value to. So keep it as broad as possible, but also as narrow as possible. And also look at, other communities, like I'm a part of five or six other paid communities. So I'm also able to see what works and what doesn't jump in on some of the discussions, you know, even if people have a topic that they want to share with the team members they can broadcast it and might resonate with others that want to join them because it's like-minded, right? So as long as people are connecting, that's all that matters because you're adding value in people's lives that is not work related. And that's where people see more value sometimes. Like, yes, you're on the same business goal and journey, but you also want to connect people where they may form new friendships and relationships as well.
0: All these things that you've done over the years, John, like what are the outcomes you've seen? What are the results you've seen from it?
1: Yeah, like I can step away from the business for months, if not years, and it would go without me which is what you want in a business, right? Because this is where I've built a a culture, a team systems processes where, you know, what Tim Ferriss says that four hour work week, if you're able to build it so that it's sustainable, so that you don't have to be on it daily checking up and doing things, then you can, do other things that are of interest to you, like going to the gym, going traveling, taking care of your family and friends and doing other activities and interests and business ventures or whatever you are interested in. So that's ultimately what the lifestyle I chose to try to provide for my family. And eventually, you know, I'm trying to inspire others to think differently, especially if you're a young entrepreneur or business owner, because people are so guided by traditional ways of thinking. If you think differently and outside the box, it's an endless opportunity of trying to live the way you
0: want to live. I mean, I can see you read a lot of books, John, and I do too. I read books and I listen to a lot of podcasts about leadership and building culture and all the things to be a good entrepreneur. And I think a lot of people know what's best to do, but for whatever reason, sometimes like it just doesn't get executed similar to like health right people know like they probably should eat healthy or work out but a lot of times people don't do it and you know you can either make excuses or there's or valid reasons why they can't get there but going back to this culture part and really trying to understand like how to create this like healthy nurturing and really like this vulnerable but open culture what do you think is the hiccup or the the obstacles that leaders are running into because they know what needs to get done but it doesn't get done So I
1: think if you're not doing it yourself, it starts off with you. People are going to be attracted to people that are actually undertaking and actively doing it. So if you're not ingraining in your own life, people aren't going to follow you, right? So if you're really present and active and want to make it happen, you're going to make it happen, right? Just like in health, you got to practice what you preach. Just like in sales or growing an agency? What are the actions you're making to grow and scale your business? What are the actions you're committing to build a stronger culture and business? Are you actively engaged with your team members? Do they actually care about your, are you listening? Are you actually wanting to support and help them? Are you adding value in people's lives? Like if you care, they'll know that you care, but if you're just saying it because you know, it may sound good, then people can read between the lines because they'll know that you're not really in it for the right reasons. Right. It's the same thing as building a business, right? It's like if you actually care about the client and you're actually adding value, people will see it. But if you're just saying it as a sales pitch and then you drop the ball and you're not really adding value and every couple months you're replacing that client because they see that you're just a salesperson <laughs> then you're not really living up to their expectations. If that makes sense.
0: It does. And I'm I'm just thinking about what you're saying. It does resonate a lot. So it's, you gotta practice what you preach. I mean, leader, right? Hence the name, you got to lead, you gotta do it. And culture can't be, and I think some businesses think, you know, we do this a lot with brand training with a lot of businesses and working with HR departments is they have a culture that they wanna create, but really you can't force a culture. The culture actually happens organically through the people that are there Yeah, you can try to give a little bit of a framework right because again the leaders create that or the owners or the founders create that and then you maybe attract people that are like you to create that culture but if you're not that type of leader and you try to bring other people that are different it's never gonna work yeah. because it, it has to come i mean it's it's top down at first but eventually it becomes you know yeah. holistic
1: and, and that's a great point because you might be at different stages of people's lives, right? And you can fully focus on health or wellness and other things while people are so focused on just surviving, right? Where they're focused on family and paying the rent and mortgage and, you know, survival versus trying to eat a healthier lifestyle, right? People have to be in the same situation mindset as you are. And therefore, I always broadcast opinion surveys and trying to get feedback from everyone different stages of lives what content would they like to talk about what value do they want out of different situations how can I inspire and help them be the best version of themselves look at themselves don't compare to others look at how they can personally grow and evolve and get to different stages that's why even goal settings we do quarterly and semi-annually as opposed to once a year, right? And we always try to involve as much discussion as possible so that we can help people be better in their own state, right? Individualized versus comparing to where they started versus someone else six months ago or a year, because they come from different perspectives, different stages of their lives with different work experience. So you have to understand people. And as we mature in the business and mature as humans, I have a better reality check on like perspective of different individuals because demographics, religion, age, race, there's so many different things to consider when you're hiring and trying to train on people's skill set and values, right?
0: When you're doing these quarterly, monthly, whatever like goal settings with your team members and check ins and pulse checks. You're saying you want to help them, right? So, are you focused certain percentage on like business goals yeah. and like ways to improve? Or are you also focused on certain personal goals to help them yeah. improve? And yeah. Grow?
1: So since nine years ago when I first started, because I was doing this while in big corporate Canada, so my sales manager always had business goal objective and personal goals and objectives, right? And they would go through like. What are some of the key metrics, dollar figures and work backwards? How do I achieve that? What are the hours commitment and some of the skills that I need to achieve to get there closer, right? So that's what I kind of ingrained from my learnings from my previous managers as well. And I was very fortunate to have worked in a large corporation, which had a lot of these structures in place. To then incorporate on a smaller team and level to make sure that it's ingrained in the process. So for me, yeah, half is corporate, you know, hit certain amount of revenue as well as new clients and retention and upsell and different sales revenue targets, but also personal. Like what do you want to achieve? Do you want to buy a new car or a house or travel or family vacation? And then work backwards. What are some of the things that you're going to do to get you closer to that at that specific time? Are you getting more skill training? Are you trying to add more value in what you're bringing to the table to then deserve a salary increase, right? Are you getting comped on sort of commission somehow, right? To add value, by adding more revenue, like different ways. And if the more engaged you are to know different people's personal agenda, as well as their business goals, because... They want to take care of their family, ultimately. And if you can help them achieve that, then you build a stronger relationship with them. And they're going to be sticky with your company for many, many more years.
0: I really like your take on that. And I really hope folks who are listening, that's a big takeaway. Because I think a lot of leaders and managers are just so focused on the company goals, right? And like corporate goals that they don't dive into the personal goals. Because to your point, you're building... That loyalty and that connectivity and trust when you help them get to their personal goals. Because you can help them achieve that by actually getting there, they will then achieve the business goals. So it kind of works hand in hand. So it's a really interesting concept that I think a lot of leaders might not consider because they're so focused on like, here are the goals for the business. What are your goals for the business? But if you improve one or two of these personal goals, it actually will probably maybe even 10x the performance and, and, and outcomes of those business goals.
1: And the good thing is you're going to find there's alignment in people as well. There's going to be personal agendas for a lot of people, especially when you're, you know, entry level and you want to become a manager and you want to eventually be an owner or something, right? And you can give them a roadmap, but then you're also going to see what traits and aspects that they're skilled at and then guide them on certain things that they can improve on that hopefully they respect right? Because when they see that you're actually helping them achieve certain milestones, they're going to credit you for it. And maybe they're going to stay with you longer, maybe not, because then they're going to go somewhere else, right? But they're going to remember what you did for them. Just like some of your previous managers, there's people that help you along the way that you truly respect. And they're going to be in your Circle of influence, no matter where you're at and how long you've been at it, right? That's what ultimately you want as a a founder leader, right? To be someone that aspired and helped them achieve what they were intending at that stage in their career or business life.
0: That's spot on. I I can name definitely a handful of people who throughout my career helped make an impact or influence me to who I am today. And I think about also, I I was an athlete throughout my life. So coaches, right? I think people can think about their coach and certain coaches that they've had that maybe said something or did something that helped develop them as an athlete. So to your point, that's so true. As a leader, you got to say, how could I become that leader so that I made such a deep impact in their life that they will remember me, you know, forever moving forward. And, And I think that's a great way to put it, John.
1: Yeah. And have fun. Like I've learned so many things from just running a company, but talking to so many individuals from staff to clients, to prospects in every walks of life. Right. And the more people you're engaged with from different stages of their lives, younger, older, you know, people that are much more experienced than you are, you're going to pick and choose what kind of content and wisdom you're going to extract from that. And then you put it in your kind of box and ingrain it in your life, and then pass it on to others. And so be open to getting insight from every person because they're all going to share some valuable insight. So don't take everything and say this is, you know, the rule of the law, right? Like you have to figure out what you feel would be the most important at that stage of your business career in life to then pass it on to others at their stages of their lives as well.
0: And this last question, John, I think this might be a question that people are thinking, no, this is all great. This sounds awesome. Love to get our company here and our people here. I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling to kind of really get my team to be performing while they're remote. They're getting distracted. They're not producing. What advice could you give someone who's running into that?
1: So, First off, you have to be fully aware of your current state of how you are performing at home. So if you want to lead by example, you have to be very productive and efficient by working at home, right? Because what value are you bringing to someone that you can't even explain and share what you've done? So it's like practice what you preach. You have to be experienced at that. Then secondly, you need to ask deep questions. What are your routines like? What is your you know, desktop layout file folders? What are different sites that you check? Do you have your social page open all the time? Do you have certain things that distract you from productivity? And then it's like, what did you have while at the office that you don't have at home? Set yourself up so that you can be Optimally, if you perform well in the office, set it up like at the office at home. And what is your routine like when you are at the office? Mimic the exact same routine at home with the same setup. And then ingrain different aspects so that they can work more efficiently at home. Here's some new additional software that can help with more collaboration, sharing, brainstorming, you know, workflow systems, because it, it's all about efficiency, right? Like what are some of the tools that I use to get and find things and extract so that I can better communicate to the client or better provide better performance metrics or KPI metrics and, you know, reduce the bottleneck or whatever it may be, right? Like when you start doing that on a granular level, once you individualize each person scenario and situation, then you can help them on a deeper level.
0: Yeah, that's spot on. We sometimes take it for granted because we're so used to doing it, John, and we do it for so many years. So when we bring a new employee on, we just expect them to get off and running. But then to your point, you got to check in with them as individuals. And we had this one individual, she was working remotely then we were noticing like certain things were slipping through the cracks, right? So you got to look at your project management tools at yeah, this yeah, checks yeah. and balances. So we checked in with her. Later, she said, you know, i just can't focus here. Like it's too small in this apartment. I need to get out. So I said, well, is there a co-sharing space that you can go to, you know, in your town? She's several states away. So we helped her find a place. And then we made the investment for her to go in the space to work because now she's in a better mindset. And it was night and day. We saw way better productivity, our energy is higher. So sometimes it's important, like to your point, you make the investment in, in either software, maybe it's a blend of software and a location, but you got to individualize those solutions. At first I was hesitant. I'm like, oh, I That's never true. had to do this. But I looked at like, you got to look at the, the value. Okay, like h- how much is it worth to keep, the productivity and performance at a certain level, so that we don't lose a, a client or several clients that this person is managing. It, it's a no-brainer to make this investment for two fifty a month for her to go to this co-working space because her productivity is way better. You know, so like you got to weigh in those types of decision making you know, as a leader and just think out of the box.
1: Exactly, and you know, life happens, right? Situations happen. People want to. Move on, right? But you know how a valued employee is so important to retain, just like a valued client. I would try to invest more on people within your company because the time you train them, understand the process, understand how to take care of you know the culture and what you're bringing to the table. It's so much more time consuming to find someone that's a good fit in alignment, and therefore, if you get people that are in the line with you your vision, your goals and culture and everyone everything else make sure that you do whatever it takes to keep them. And the more you understand what people are after, the more you listen and talk and get to the nitty-gritty of it all, all people want is to be heard, respected and valued. If if you do all that, then you have a good company that will support you in whatever endeavors you have. But people don't even invest their time because they feel so far removed from their people. So if you actually invest in your people by actually caring about them, then they're going to do all your hard work afterwards.
0: I think that's a great way to end on that note. That was a great summary, John. I really appreciate your time and your expertise and the experience you're sharing with your team. We're looking forward to many more episodes with you. So Till next time, guys, go out there and just connect with you people at a deeper level because we're, we're all human beings at the, at the end of the day. Thanks a lot, Tom. All right. Cheers. Cheers. If you have any questions and topics you'd like us to cover, please email me at podcast at inthinkagency.com or message me on LinkedIn.